Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. already. I want, to, I, think re- of, I want to think of new things. We don't have to repeat anything. For those of you tuning in now... Tuning I'm, in now? This is the beginning of the episode for them. I know, <laughs> but I'm, but not for us. Everybody, hello. Welcome to Broadway Breakdown. Um, in true Broadway Breakdown fashion, we had a technical mishap. We had a breakdown. We had a breakdown. Uh, yours truly... John Wiscavage messed up. Uh, no, you said you were recording I when I went to go pee. John, yes. So for the for the record, uh, Mariska Hargitay, John went to go pee. I thought I was recording us, and luckily I went to go check after the first five minutes to make sure we were recording, and we were not, and we no. lost. All this great banter John and I I had, had a Judith Light joke where I said, I'm not here for Judith Light. I said, I'm here for Judith Full Fat. I like, made I a, mean, the moment. I made what a joke. Other, what was my other good pun? Well, I made a joke connecting the weather to the audience of a matinee of Kiss Me Kate because it's so gray outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and, yeah then John was, and then John got was Savage and said, oh, oh right, the a, audience of Kiss Me Kate. That's what they call me, was Savage. Mm-hmm. Um, then we talked about Nina West that pumped, much like her reading. Yeah. <laughs> and then what else? God. Oh my god! Everyone's reading was so up. Oh, by the way, I'm the <laughs> yeah. So let's let's just get right. truly no, into no, form. No, we've no, had no, a, no. we've had a technical mishap. We're we're ranting, and we're going to talk about Drag Race right off the bat. But who are you? Did you say your name? Oh right. I- <laughs> That's what I mean. Yes, we, I'm one half of your hosts, Matt Koplick, and I'm the other half of your host, John. Was scavenged. So we also did this beat. The f- okay, I'm just yeah. gonna tell them because it's good. We did this beat like the first time around. We were introducing our names and like we just put a lot of spaces in between. And I mm-hmm. did like a really pregnant pause, and it really landed well for the yes. two of us. Um, yeah. So this we have a fun episode. We, we do. we've already explained it to you once. So honestly, part of me doesn't want to explain it to you again. But um, just pick up I, on but it. You, but you've never heard it, so try to like pick it up in the subtext of our voice. Um, how many times must I apologize? <laughs> no, 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 it's great. It's only um, five minutes. Yeah, only five minutes of pure, unadulterated gold. He's checking it again because now he's nervous and he doesn't, he doesn't want to... Um, yes! I um, am nervous. I'm like going to wake up in sweats all night, every um, night. Okay, so let, let, but let's, I guess let's give them like a true intro. How are you, Matt? I'm fine. <laughs> Done. I'm worse than I was when we I'm started. I'm fine, period. I'm fine. Let's move it along. No. What a uh, thrilling podcast. As I've mentioned out to, to John, be. I'm slowly getting better. I mentioned that I basically, on like Regina George, I'm on an all carb diet. 
John then said, I'm being very skinny, much like Katie Heron said to Regina George when she was trying to take her down. Well, it's fine. It's, do. Yeah. Uh, then I asked John how he was, and he Did said, I say anything? No, we just went into <laughs> how much theater you've been seeing, because John's yeah. been seeing theater. Yeah, and in very Broadway breakdown fashion, it's all shows that Matt has seen and given an informed opinion on, and it's all things that I'm seeing three weeks later and going, oh yeah, he was right, but I also liked the cornbread. The cornbread was real good. Yeah. Um, it's just emphasizing, guys, that you should always just listen to me. Because John, John is like the meh to my meh. <laughs> exactly. And if you listen to this podcast, you know exactly what that means. Yeah, you um, definitely do. Yeah. No, what we're going to do is we're going to sort of wrap up this weird Broadway season with some weird yes. thoughts. And then some even weirder Tony predictions. Yeah, so stick around for a bit. We're going to end this episode with some fun little Tony predictions. Because by the time this episode comes out, it'll be right before the nominations are <sighs> announced. Yes, literally the day before. And um, But before that, we're going to just talk about a couple of different things. Some of the shows that we've seen. What's mm-hmm. the other thing we're going to talk about? There were other things. Uh, oh, hot button topic with you. Hot button topic with me. I have a hot, hot, hot butt top. Um, yes, <laughs> and y'all will be... Uh, thrilled about it it's a real thriller of a hot button topic yeah honestly i hope you don't pedal away oh my god it'll make sense when you hear all right yeah um so theater theater i saw i started um my little theater i saw i had like a week like just like seeing theater um i saw the oklahoma revival last wednesday and i loved it um i didn't which and as as i was saying first time we recorded i loved it but um i didn't i didn't think i was going to love it because there were moments that i didn't love but Overall, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I thought the concept, I was really enthralled by it for the first hour. It got a little old hat for me. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we also saw kind of a, a cuckoo show because Ali Stroker was out. And then, Mar- oh. and then Mary Testa called out during intermission. Shut up! Yeah. That's so, crazy. So it was like high stakes drama. I could barely choke down my cornbread, but of course I had three. And I... <laughs> I mean, you're known for being able to, you know, get things down that most people yeah, choke on. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, truly. And all those things are always made of corn. Um... But I, I um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I, the last twenty minutes of the show is when it all really landed for me. I know mm-hmm. that you didn't care for the dream ballet. I loved the dream ballet. Okay. Um, can you tell? Can you talk to me a little bit more about that? Because yes. I think what I said about the dream ballet was I wasn't quite sure of the story it was trying to tell via like the dance vocabulary and granted I'm not like a modern dance aficionado yeah um, but what was it that you were getting from it I actually <laughs> I don't know if this is because like in high school I went to the Pennsylvania Governor School of the Arts and just like right off the bat I was put in these circumstances where I had to watch a lot of concert dance you can't see and this but John's touching his nipples right now I, is he well, saying all this well it was like it's my nipple um, and um, a little bit of my clavicle mm. um <laughs> baby a cool clav clavicle um <laughs> but i uh i i don't know i i found it quite clear i thought that <laughs> sorry dumb dumb um i <laughs> oh this one over here can't, oh can't figure out a simple this is really dance. a different episode curveballs galore jeez um no i i i got it quite well but also that probably speaks highly of the um amount of drugs i do um true 
I thought that it was talking about her decision. There was a there were a lot of allusions to a horse ride and yes. and how she was going to get to the um what's that thing that they end up at a, a competition is it what where do they where what oh are like they doing? the hoedown or whatever yeah, yeah. Ho, is it a hoedown it is what even is it is it a, a bar mitzvah no is it that it, o- that famous like a, Oklahoma bar mitzvah you hear famous, about uh, the first bar mitzvah <laughs> of the South um. No, it's uh, Laurie is such a Jewy yeah, name. What, they 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 do, they say it at one at one point like uh, a free for all, a gangbang. <laughs> a it, I mean, in, in this production of Oklahoma, it kind of is a gangbang. Bu- it kind of is a gangbang. Um, a this, <laughs> no, um, you know, it's like a uh, a for a, a, a gathering. So it's like called a social, like a box a social, social. That's yeah. definitely what it a is. A box social. Yeah. Yes. 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 And God, are they obsessed with boxes in this production? Mm. Um. Mm. Sorry, I had to take a sip of coffee to just kind of like warm my cords for a second. So I... <laughs> I'm not engaging in any way. Don't engage. Good day. Um, but so a lot of the... Having not seen Oklahoma since I was a freshman in college and I saw PCLO's production where Shirley Jones starred as Aunt Eller. Uh, um, dreams. Uh, <laughs> I... Um, I I forgot a lot of the... Basically the plot is... Who's Lori gonna take to this box social? Literally, that's just the plot. Thrilling stuff in this show. Yeah. Um, but I thought that the dance really centered around her inability to decide on how she's going to get there. There were a lot of she kept traveling the same route and kind of under different circumstances, kind of un- under different emotions. Um, I thought it was very much about deciding that, but also deciding who she is, why she's so torn up, um, the horror of. Um, anxiety about how it's going to play out and also her true fears about how she's kind of got herself in this pickle with this guy that she knows is kind of dangerous or feels dangerous about but she's she's a proud she's a proud lady and how she's kind of doesn't want to um, she's kind of dug this own grave for herself but she has a lot of fears surrounding it um, so I got a lot of different things from it and see I just got the impression that it was about how Lori has worms um, and she definitely does because this this dancer, fantastic as she is, one of the choreography bits is that she slides on her butt for like a good minute and a half. And I was like, "So Lori's got worms, do she?" Well, I, and I agree that 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 movement specifically, specifically, specifically that they kept coming back to. You cannot help but compare it to a dog. Yeah. It, Maybe it, that it, was the intention. It truly is. But that's that, that's how I kind of felt. I kind of... Because she is also in this um, story, in this in these circumstances, being treated kind of... It's not it's not just who are you going to take, it's who's going to have ownership over you. Yeah. And so I, I actually, although I found that move specifically very jarring, I thought it was very... Um, I don't know. I, I, I thought it... I thought it was a, a interesting movement to add because I mean, there's no denying this is probably. I mean, it, it's definitely the darkest, most sexualized production of Oklahoma in a big production that's, yeah. that's been out there, and so I, I think that they just they didn't stray away from that. Th- that being said, um, I, I really I, I thought the scenes between Judd and Curly were were probably the strongest in, mm. in the show conceptually and kind of just flipping the the idea of the show on its head. Mm. Um, I mean, especially what they do with poor Judd is dead. I was 
confused. I was aroused. And yeah. that is what I demand from theater. Yeah, that is... If you do not walk out of a Rodgers and Hammerstein musical hoping that two of the male leads will fuck and then kill each other afterwards, yeah. you're not doing it right. You aren't. Billy, I beg to differ with you. How do you mean? You're the top. Yeah. You're an arrow collar. You're the top. What's that? Have you seen any theater in the last week? Um, yes, I went to the last preview of Tootsie. Uh, I love it. Yeah, and that before they opened. Um, full disclosure, uh, two different gentlemen who I had uh, been on dates banged. with. Banged. Yeah, and yeah. that too. Okay. Uh, <laughs> were sitting in the row in front of me. With my mom and grandma sitting together, yeah, yeah, but not like as a couple, like as friends. One of whom was actually this was a long time ago. We talked about this. We had um, that podcast episode. I think it was like our after hours where we talked about like certain. <gasps> we should painful. do another one of those. We should again. do another one. Um, do you drink anymore? I mean, I would like to start drinking again, but my stomach won't let me. Maybe if I have a beer, I think if I can have a beer, that would be better. Oh, I'll give you something. Oh, thank you, babe. Um, but in that episode, I talked about the dude who I had gone on a couple of dates with and like really got into and it was like the day after we like spent the night together he started getting very distant and like when I called him out on starting to ghost me he was like I'm just not over my ex who he broke up with two years prior Mm. um and has since like ignored me and uh I saw him looking at me during intermission and then when I went to like give like a friendly hello he immediately like did a <gasps> so shady lady shady lady that aside i really really enjoyed tootsie and i was wary about it because i love the movie so much um but the show i thought did a really excellent job of truly adapting it it's mm. not a direct screen to stage piece where they just like take all the famous moments and add a song to it. They like right. They, they don't take that moment that you know is is the, the moment we all know. That's how many licks does it take take till you get to the center of a tootsie pop? Exactly. They didn't turn that into a dream ballet. They yeah. were just like yeah. No, they did new some different stuff. Yeah. There. I mean, there are a couple of moments. The basic plot structure is the same. Like the general concept is the same. The characters' sure. names are the same. Um, but it's updated from 1982 to modern day. It's no longer the soap mm. opera world. It's it's uh, the Broadway community. Oh. Um, yeah. And a lot of musicals about the Broadway community this season. Yeah. We really are flicking our own beans here. And you know what? I gotta say... But we're doing more, it. Yes, more, more please, Daddy. Uh, I It's A, first of all, I think it's one of the funniest books and one of the most... Uh, well-constructed books of a musical I've seen in a long time. Twist, who wrote it? Uh, his name is Robert Horn. And yes, I looked him up. Two the, bitch. <laughs> the only thing I saw of his in his bio that I recognized was 13. 13 in musical. I was like, oh, how far we've come. Uh, yeah. And it's... I saw. I was reading a lot of uh, disdain for the score. A lot of people thought the score wasn't up to par. Who wrote the score again? Uh, David Yazbek. Yes, um, yes. And I actually thought it was quite good. People were unfairly comparing it to his work on Band's Visit, which is like, it's like, not even apples and oranges. It's like apples and bacon. It's mm. like, they're such different beasts. Band's Visit is a very different kind of style, kind of show, um, use of music. Yeah. Tootsie is very old school Broadway razzmatazz. Um, it's really funny. It's also very mindful. Um, for a show that has no women on the creative team, they really go out of their way to try to understand the female experience and then go a step further 
and call out the main character, Michael Dorsey, who at the end, like, he has a bunch of revelations about himself as a man through being a woman. And then even with that, in the final scene with Lily Cooper, I won't give too much away, but she says to him, like, you think you know what it's like to be a woman now? She's like, uh-uh. She's like, because you walked a mile in our shoes. She goes, walk a hundred miles, walk a thousand miles, then fall down for a thousand miles, and you still won't know. And it's this really lovely moment. Um, I do appreciate that. Yeah. I will just still say, uh, with a huge resounding period to this statement, wish there were women on the creative team. Absolutely. Just, just gonna, I would absolutely no, love that. No, it could be an amazing show. And I'm sure it is an amazing amazing show. And I'm sure it's amazing for the people who created it. Or because of the people who created it. I just, I wish, I wish there were some voices, some female and voices. As would a I. And to voices. be fair, we don't know what the creative process of the show is like. Uh, in the sense that you know how involved the women in the cast were in terms of talking with the creative team, writing because sure. so the thing about Tootsie the movie is that honestly, like seven different people wrote it, um, and huh. the because it, it was started off as an idea and then it was uh, a script written by one man, then Larry Gelbert wrote it, and then a bunch of other people contributed to it during uh, pre-production, and then the last polish of the of the screenplay came from Elaine May. Mm. Uh, who added a lot more of the feminist tweaks to it that the movie is now very famous for. Sure. Um, and there are people who are always going to not be able to get past the basic premise of a man impersonating a woman to get a job, which the show does acknowledge. They make a line about it. He's like, where his roommate says, at a time when women are literally grabbing their power back from between men's legs, you have the audacity to go out and take a job from one of them. Mm. And so, and the joke is that Santino Fontana's character is so self-centered at first that he's like, yeah, you make that sound bad. Um, <laughs> but like that, the, that's the point of the show is that it's that journey of him coming from that really awful self-centered place and being more aware of the people around him and how he needs to change as well and how he needs to listen uh is it yeah i mean is that going to be enough for everyone no because the next day uh our friend tyler told me that a friend of his was at the show the same night that i was and she found it to be incredibly offensive because she thought that the message of the show was that a man can put on a dress and do a woman's job which i was like okay fine but the the show tries so hard to go out of its way to appeal to that uh uh mindset not demographic no that mindset sure to address the critics of that because he even has a line where in act two after all the shit he's gone through he's like if there's anything i've learned it's that being a woman is no job for a man yeah um and like it it frustrates me when people say things like this person said because it's like well what else do they have like I even watched, I was watching the show and even my grandmother at one point was like, okay, we get it. Like they make a lot of moments about it. I was like, do you need it to just not be about men at all? Because granted, I would love to have an all-female show as well or an all-female creative team. I don't care. Like I'd love to have as many stories out there as possible. This story in particular is about a man and how he goes from being the douchebag that he is to becoming slightly less of a douchebag and hoping to become an even better person. Sure. Um, and and I think that's all great. I, I mean, sure. it def- definitely the whole show has this kind of um, subtextual question mark around it, even from when it announced it was coming to Broadway, where it, it just kind of does feel as if it's saying, Tootsie, in this climate? You know? It's, yeah. <laughs> which, you know, it doesn't mean that it shouldn't be done, but it... it I definitely, I, I will go see it. I will go su- support it. I'm sure it is a great show. I definitely hear 
that friend or that 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 female friend that you were talking about though just because if i were if i were a a woman Mm -hmm. then uh, watching a show like that in this climate would probably trigger me in a lot of ways and the fact that it's an all-male team would probably trigger me in a lot of ways so i don't i don't blame i don't blame them at all um i I just i i agree like i think it's still a good story i think it has a good message um because i think the message comes from a good place and a place of we're here to men are there are men who want to be an ally Mm -hmm. and who want to learn and grow but um it is yeah there's there's that tootsie in this climate is definitely something that just like a thought that occurs a lot to me it is something that i think about from time to time and the truth is that i will never understand i will never know the female experience no i know my experience the thing is it reminds me of when i read criticisms of things like the birdcage which is a movie that I think is, A, a very funny movie, but it gets a lot of criticisms because no one on that creative team was a gay man. Mm. Um, And it was adapted from a French play where I believe the playwright was homosexual. Um, But, and, and people, modern gay men have had issues with that film saying that it's showing stereotypes and it doesn't do enough, which is a fair critique in some ways, but I when it comes to works like that and works like Tootsie, maybe it's the one way in which I'm slightly an optimist and that I try to see what it's trying to do and not mm-hmm. what it fails as. Oh, totally. Um, if I see where it fails, I use that more as a jumping off point for the next work yes. rather than a takedown of that work. Cause I'm, I'm also the belief that if we continue to just take down every work that's trying and uh, not acknowledge any, effort and just go into all the ways that it fails we're not we're going to see less and less yeah we're left with nothing yes so i think we acknowledge and if there's things about it that are good we acknowledge that and if things that fall under par Mm -hmm. we say great things to look at when we try this again how do you mean you're the top yeah you're an arrow collar you're the top so, um, I have feelings, I have thoughts, I have, um, emotions, I have props. I, <laughs> what the fuck, Dr. Seuss? Um, no, it's, so, so basically an article was, came out that was an interview between Lynn Nottage and Christopher Wielden, uh, who are creating the Michael Jackson musical. Mm-hmm. And the interviewer, of course, brought up the recent... HBO documentary, which... Did you ever watch? I didn't. I still can't bring myself to watch it. Sure. Um, But I read about it and all the information that it disclosed. And I understand that. And I also understand that there's a lot of backlash because it's it's gotten pulled from HBO. Some people have said... Oh, you know, one of the um, what's what's the one thing they keep bringing up? I guess one of the victims said that they that he was molested by Michael Jackson in a place that, that they said couldn't have been built yet, which I, I think is actually quite funny because it's um, if if you if you've done research or have like have read about uh the human experience and trauma and memory you know our our memories are malleable our memories are oh, yeah. a lot of times hugely false mm-hmm. um and so the the fact that they're shooting down this this victim because of because of 
something like that, which I'm sure could have been true, but they just that they're all like the date that he said. It's it's like, girl, he was. He was a child. He was being molested as a child. So, yeah. so let, let's take that into consideration of like, he might have not kept it in his dream journal yeah. of, you know, hey, hey, this night. Because um, also the other thing is too is that they were completely brainwashed, and it, it, it's it's all it. Watching the the documentary was, you know, very upsetting and very, um, it 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 was very. It's hard to not have a, almost a gut visceral reaction when when you're watching it, but here here's where I, here's where I get on my soapbox and, and and try to kind of wade my way through these waters. So I know that in life it's so hard to just say, "Hey, this is this is black, this is white, no gray area." Because I think also as artists, especially as theater artists, sometimes it's really important to delve into the gray area and mm-hmm. to and to go, "Oh, okay, like." This right here. This is a this is a facet of the human experience um, that might be uncomfortable or hard or difficult. So let's delve into it. Um, and so I've been shocked because I've had multiple conversations with friends over the last couple of weeks where people would get kind of angry at me when I said that I watched this documentary, and they would go, "Oh, how can you watch that tabloid bullshit?" And I I would go. Uh, I would go, oh, <laughs> um, because, and then we kind of bring up the fact of, oh, they're liars. They've lied before in court. They've the, one of their states, the statement about the one of the places they were molested was was found untrue because of the timeline, and it just it really took me aback because a lot of these people who were saying these are people that I I, I care for very deeply and people that I normally agree with very strongly, and I just had this moment of just kind of going. I'm so sorry, but I just think you're so wrong to say that about these men because I feel it is a huge double standard against yeah. everything that we've worked so hard the last couple of years with the Me Too movement, mm-hmm. with the with the, the with the Brett Kavanaugh trials, so many so many things that we've experienced over the last couple of years that felt like progress. To hear people, a lot of them artists themselves call call these men just downright liars without having watched the documentary without any of it just going no he's a lot they're liars you know fuck them disregard them because i'm not a doctor i'm not a psychologist but that seems like a very destructive thing to do mm-hmm. <laughs> when we're talking about victims of molestation and rape um and so i have had this kind of boiling pot inside of me over the last couple of weeks since, since since this has started happening. And then when I read this interview yesterday, where Lynn Nottage, which is a playwright that I really, really uh, respect, um, said, I, I, I'm going to butcher the quote, but it, it was almost directly this. It was, I I heard what the, what the men accused, like what the accuser said, um, but do I believe them 100%? No. And, and, I thought that was just a really interesting way to phrase it because in her mind she thought she was saying you know I I don't that that these men are these men are lying mm-hmm. and I just <laughs> I think um that's re- sorry oh fuck me all right anyways I got a phone call in the middle of that sorry <laughs> um <laughs> it's fine so anyways I I read this article and I was just, I was just really frustrated because it felt like 
it just felt like everything that we as a theater, and even since I've been seeing the audition notices go up, I just keep getting this, this gut reaction of, I can't believe this is going on. Yeah. I can't believe we're still going to, the people still want to celebrate this man in a way that, I mean, because here's the other thing. Even if you don't completely believe these men, as Lynn Nottage says, if you really look at the facts of the situation, the cold, hard facts, mm-hmm. there just weren't even... There there were just really fucked up things going on. Mm-hmm. And so nonetheless, nonetheless, if you don't believe them, you're still supporting this really fucked up situation. And it's a hugely fucked up situation because we as a society for decades now have literally gone, okay, so this is probably happening with this guy, but we really like his music. So like, shh, I'm sure it's fine. That's probably not happening or I don't believe it. And so it's it, it really has frustrated me that this has been going forward, that's moving forward, and that these two icons of the theater community then did an interview saying, hey, we don't believe these victims of, um, of sexual abuse, but hey, come see our show. Yeah, and so that see what we do with it. Yeah, and and the, and so I, I posted online about it because it really rubbed me the wrong way. And then some people were saying, "Well, should we not do this show because then it's you know aren't we as artists supposed to represent what happened in life?" And I go, "Yes, yes, we are, but we can't." But okay, let me just throw out this. I'm not comparing this because I know they're completely different situations. But let me throw out this extreme example of how about we do a musical about how good of an artist Hitler was. You know, yeah. you know, he, he painted a lot. He was a struggling artist. Let's do a Sunny in the Park with George with Hitler, but just kind of like surpass the Jew stuff. You know, yeah. it, it, it's it, it, I, we as artists, yes, are supposed to tell the, the the story of what happened. But unless these people who are being funded by the Jackson estate, unless Lynn Nottage is writing a child molestation ballet in the Michael Jackson musical, which I doubt they are. Mm then I don't think we should be doing this. I don't think it's the time. I think I think it's setting an awful precedent. And I think it's really embarrassing for the community that these two people got in front of, you know, the press and said, hey, we don't believe survivors. So that that's my soapbox. That's my, I, I just get, I'm really frustrated. I'm really upset. Um, I'm upset too. And I'll tell you why, John. Yeah, tell um, me. When we had Kevin Duda on the pod, and by we, I mean me, because you were nowhere to be found, uh, we talked about it. We talked about Thriller, the musical, or, or whatever they are calling it, um, yeah, I don't for a little bit. What, what it and I asked I asked him, like, do you think it'll still go forward? And he said, oh, absolutely. He goes, there's too much money riding on this. He goes, this So is, much money. He goes, this has been in the works for so long, and so much money has been put into it, and everyone's in too deep. They're not going to just end it. Um, and I think that's very unfortunately true for Lynn Nottage and Christopher Wielden as well. I don't, whatever yeah. they personally think and feel, I don't think we'll ever truly know. Yeah. Um, their actions, though, speak louder than anything. Oh, they speak um, so loudly. And the truth is, I don't know how legally deep they are into this show. Like when they signed on to work on it, how binding is everything in their statements and whatnot. Uh, if there's anything that the TV show Veep has taught me is that <laughs> so much happens behind closed doors that we'll never know about mm-hmm. that when people come out and say the things that they say in these situations, half of it is statements they didn't even write or think, but right. are legally obligated to say. Yeah. Um, that said, at some point, some people are willing to sell their souls yep. for, you know, 
financial security. And I get it. I mean, it's it's one of the like it's almost a guaranteed cash cow yeah. in some ways, but well, and, yeah, hopefully and, and not on paper and taking away the Michael Jackson element for Lynn, someone like Lynn Nottage, who is a respected two-time Pulitzer Prize-winning playwright. Mm-hmm. Like, what is her? financial security otherwise like she writes a play gets put on in some non-for-profits and if she's lucky gets produced a bit but even with plays it's so much easier for plays to get uh produced illegally than musicals because mm-hmm. you just buy the scripts you know at a bookstore and just do it mm-hmm. so it's not like she's rolling in royalties so for her an opportunity if i get to write a bio jukebox musical that's guaranteed to run for at least 10 years and get put on all over the world everywhere like she was like, this is my Jersey Boys. This is my Mamma Mia. Right. Taking away the Michael Jackson element. You right. add the Michael Jackson element, though, and all of a sudden it becomes, okay, at what cost? At what cost, exactly. Um, so I'm very much in the same boat as you. I don't think... And we were just talking about this with, you know, Tootsie as well, though Tootsie is such a mild comparison. Uh, I'm all... F- I think most works should be about imperfect people or even flawed or sometimes even terrible people like i mean avita is about a totally corrupt administration and two power hungry nazi sympathizers but it's a very interesting cool musical right now we are so close to the michael jackson uh i don't want to say scandal because that makes it sound tabloidy Mm -hmm. but you know and situation i feel like uh tampers it down what's a good word for it? the michael jackson situation i guess scenario? So. Yeah, yeah michael jackson situation we are too close to it too in, in it that we can't get any kind of perspective on it in mm-hmm. any way shape or form and i wish we could put it to rest for a while that if anyone found dramatic heft to it as a musical could come back to it in 20 years 30 years and maybe we'd see what's there but right now everything about it just makes me want to peel off my skin yeah i mean if the musical ended up being a two and a half hour look into how we as a society can um as a whole just accept to ignore the fact that someone is molesting children because they're a good singer and a good dancer and i would would be interested in that because it (laughs) and on top of that how someone becomes that kind of a a person or you know how someone becomes this kind of monster icon molester icon yeah. molester you know what brings someone to become to that kind of person but that's not the show they're no, I, I, we, I, and we, I and we know that to be true yeah and unless like the all, like all the proceeds went to like a, 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 an organization that helped for children who have been molested i mean honestly that's the only way i would ever go support this show but so i um yeah so i as to button this little soapbox moment I refuse to see it, and I hope you do too. Anyhow, that's that. That. Yeah, let's be. Let's do. Let's be happy again. Let's, let's be do, happy let's and happy. dash some Tony dreams for some poor actors and writers and designers and directors. Tony season is upon us, y'all. It's pudding season. Pudding season. Everyone wants the pudding. You don't think you want the pudding, but you do. Yeah. So. Here's the tea, y'all. This is a Friday. It's a great Friday. And Tony gray. noms come out on Tuesday. Tuesday. Um, There's still some more eligibility rulings that haven't come out yet. Quite eligible. Some eligible bachelors and bachelorettes. Uh, with our luck, they will come out like the second we finish recording this. Yeah, truly. Um, but with that in mind, John, let's make some, let's make some predictions. Um, yes. 
One of the things that I found out, and I could be, again, I could be totally wrong about this. Any category that has nine or more candidates then gets five nominations. That is the ruling that I was told. Um, But I was under the impression that with musical and play, it was more if uh, that it was four and that there was a possibility of a fifth nominee if there were three or few uh, three or fewer votes between a fourth and fifth nominee. That was the the impression I got, um, okay. which is why we only had five musical nominees in the year of Hamilton, but we haven't had any since. Yeah, that is the impression I got. But apparently, this rule was also just enforced like this last or this year. I don't know, so we'll see. Um, so for some of the categories, I'm going to give four nominees, and then my fifth, if you know, your wild just, card, my wild card, just in case, your wild party card, um, my Lacusa wild party card. Yeah, <laughs> um, I and I will. Recusa myself of any uh, nominees that I predict should it go to four instead of five. I made such a face at that. He did. <laughs> um, and it looks just like the face I imagine you have when you wake up in the morning. I don't, no, right. I haven't put it on yet. Oh my <laughs> God. Um, throwing your phone I'm throwing around? my phone across the room at He's John. thrashing. I am. Um, so let's just jump into it. Uh, should we start off with the big guns with musical Best play? Best musical Best play? Best musical, yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, musical. Let's start with four and then we'll add our wild card. Okay, so it's definitely going to be, I mean, I have no doubts, prom Hades Town. Yes. Um, probably Tootsie, right? Oh, 100% Tootsie. Yeah. I think the three locks are Tootsie, prom, and Hades Town. Yeah, that's I've, kind of what I felt as well. If we're going to be honest here, I'm going to say Tootsie and Hades Town are going to lead with the most nominations, at least of the new musicals. Mm. Um, and we'll get into actually a race between Tootsie and Hades Town in a second. Not, and this has nothing to do with my own personal opinion. This has to do with how I feel Tony voters go and how I feel the community is starting to view those two shows. Sure. Um, but those are the three that I think are locks. Um, if it's four nominees, I am going to make a wild statement and say the fourth one's going to be Ain't Too Proud of the Temptations musical. Oh, I can definitely see. I haven't seen it, but I've heard amazing things. I am I'm looking into seeing it uh, maybe in June. My mom would like to see it, and she's yeah. willing to foot the bill for that. So I'm come like, on, well, Danny. Damn. Yeah, come on, Danny. Uh, yeah, so that's my fourth pick. Oh, that's a smart one. Yeah. Well, I feel like I had a different fourth pick, but... I'm that, assuming that, it'd be more chill for you? That was it. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I, I think it... I think it definitely could possibly be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... Yeah, I... We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. And if there and if it is five nominees, I think Be More Chill is definitely in there. Those are an easy five to pick. I think so too. Um, it's more about if it's four, you know, who's in, who's out. I think that I think it'll be very interesting to see because if it is ain't too proud, I think we're going to see some key nominations for it that other shows might have been hoping for. Be More Chill might not click with all Tony nominators. I agree. Um, and also, let's be very clear. Tony nominators uh, also vote, but they make up like 2% of the voting pool. Right. So sometimes shows that get a shit ton of nominations go home completely empty-handed. Case in point, Mean Girls or Scottsboro Boys. Oh, right. Yeah. Mean Girls, I think, got 12, maybe 13 nominations. Oh my God, nominations. did it really? I forgot I got that. zero wins that night. You. Um, yeah, no, right. and all right. Carousel had the most nominations of all the revivals, only went home with Mendez and choreography. Yeah. Um, yeah. Play. This one is interesting for me um yeah i so 
Ferryman is this season, right? Ferryman is this season. Yeah, so yes. definitely Ferryman. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think Clint, uh, Hillary, and Clinton? I'm not I, sure. I, I don't. Here's okay. So again, this is I think where it's maybe weird. because of the names. Yeah, but... and the yeah the names involved. Here's the thing. So uh, play again. Four or five nominees. I don't know. Yeah. I think we have three locks with Ferryman. To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, of course. Yeah, of course, and What course. the Constitution Means to Me. Yes. Which, which I'm, I'm seeing in three weeks and could not be more pumped. I know. I cannot wait to see. I haven't seen it yet. I'm, I'm um, very excited. To Kill a Mockingbird just announced they recouped their investment, by the way. Oh, congrats you know to what, Kill. You know what's interesting? The last two seasons, the biggest hits have been plays. This season, To Kill a Mockingbird, I would argue, is the biggest hit of the season. And yeah. last season, Harry Potter. Um, You're right, though. Isn't that interesting? Um, this has been the season of plays for me. Um, the most interesting... And crowded fields are all plays and acting categories and directing categories. I think those three are the locks. If there's a fourth nomination and not a fifth, I and this is, we were talking about this before we were recording. I don't. If any listeners out there can tell me, is Choir Boy considered a new play or a revival? If it's a new play, I think it's our fourth nominee. I would agree, but yeah, if, yeah. If it's, if, if it's a revival. It'll be in revival. Yeah. yeah. And then God knows it'll be in play. I'm going to say Hillary and Clinton because it's, you know, got some pedigree and it's not a bad play. No, it's not a bad um, play. It's good. Yeah. I'm interested to see what happens with Network because I did not like it. Oh. But it's Tony voters flick the bean to Eva Van Hoffe. They do. They really like him. Uh, and they do. I think he will get nominated for director because even if you don't like the show... You have to admire what went into that production just on a technical level to sure. make that happen every night. Uh, but yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm how, gonna, do they, how do they feed all those raccoons? How do they feed all those raccoons? How do they get an audience to sit there and stay there? That is what I want. While know. the raccoons attack, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's Eva Van Hoffe is just one big. Uh, I, that's what conspiracy. I, that's what I imagine the um, West Side revival that he's doing is going to be. It's just going to be <laughs> them releasing a bunch of raccoons. Yeah, I don't know. I <laughs> do do do. Mm. I okay. <laughs> I feel like I gotta say I feel like Eva Van Hoffe has like shit on every Tony nominator and every Tony voter out there because like even Crucible. Which I enjoyed for just its batshitness. I did not think was a good production in any way. That shit got nominated for everything. I'm like, what are you and what are you doing that is making these nominators just like pee all over you? He's 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 coke for them. I don't know what it is. He's a cola. He's foreign and he's weird and they don't and a lot of like esteemed Broadway opinions. I used air quotes there. If something is odd and impenetrable. Those people don't like to admit that they didn't understand it. Yeah. And would rather just applaud it and move on. Um, I mean, that's what I've been begging on my whole career. That's yeah, a, that's a... this Half this podcast is John just listening to me going, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> moving moving on. Impenetrable. Impenetrable. Uh, musical Revival, we only have two. And I think they're going to stay. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. And mm. uh, Kiss Me, Kate, but not too harshly. Um, yeah. Yeah. They're the only two. It's a... Anything so who do you think is gonna win, <laughs> bitch? I honestly couldn't tell you. This one, this one's a, this a, one's a um, photo a, finish. Yes, it is. It's a fucking toss up. You got, you know, Oklahoma, which I think a lot of people are gonna love and a lot of people are gonna despise, uh, but it's new and it's interesting. And then you have Kiss Me, Kate, which is like fine. 
but like at least you know what it is. Yeah. Um, it kind of reminds me of the Sweeney Todd pajama game situation a few years ago. But pajama game was really, really good. Whereas like Kiss Me Kate, I don't think. But it's Sweeney really Todd good. won, right? No, pajama game won. No, it did, and it's because. Well, first, to be fair, I don't believe. To that. be You're fair, wrong. I'm not, I, bitch. Who are you talking to? To be fair, pajama game for me was a situation where it was a show that I had always been like, ugh, this thing. I had mm. seen so many bad productions of it, then saw it at Roundabout with Kelly O'Hara and Harry Connick Jr., and I was like, oh, this show can be really good if done well. Like it was a good production mm, it was one of it. it was one of those like old school revivals that dusted it off lightly enough yeah. that you're like oh there's stuff here and sweeney todd god love it that revival was polarizing to a lot of people because like mm. while it was interesting and new you can't rightfully say that it was sweeney todd um and i think there are going to be some voters that way with this so to answer your question john i don't know yeah um gun to my head oklahoma but like given, that's how i'm feeling too but like given an extra moment I don't know uh, play revival I don't know well enough I don't know either yeah. yeah if you don't know it well enough you no. can best believe I don't I will make a grand statement and say boys in the band will get nominated uh, and we all forgot about it because it came out last summer but yeah um, I forgot about it but here's the thing Ryan Murphy announced that they're going to film it for Netflix which is not a coincidence wait the, he did he did oh remember God. he said like you made it. You made some some status about like nobody blank Ryan Murphy Netflix movie event. Well, no, it's it's any gay thing. He's like, this is mine now. Yeah, um, but he 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 was a producer of it on Broadway, right? Yes, he was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so he's he's had his he's had his um, pe- penis dipped in that for a yeah, while. Yeah, no, it's but... not random that he's involved with it. Uh, yeah. But it being a Netflix movie event and them announcing it right now is not a coincidence. In that this is, climate, in this climate, that's <laughs> thanks, Tina. That's uh. That's definitely publicity being like, remember us, Tonys. Like, we're going to... Nominations will be nice because we're going to have some publicity with Netflix money. Yeah, all you're that right. Kind of stuff. Um, so that's my one big statement there. Uh, let's get into some performances, some people, some stuff, some things. Yeah, we were briefly talking about this a little bit before. Um, do you want to start with actress or actor? Uh, you make the decision. I don't... I can't decide. Motherfucker. Okay. Let's do actor because I, I, I actually... So I think uh, best lead actor Santino, Santino Fontana, yes. Um, Alex Brightman. Oh, even, even though I haven't seen Beetlejuice, I think he's going to get a nomination. Interesting. That's I a do. wild card. Okay. Um, I think. I think he. I, but I think. I mean, I'm not knocking his talent at all because I think he is immensely talented. No. I just think that also Tony voters love him because he's fresh and exciting and always does something sure. re- like he always brings something so special to each role that he plays. Mm-hmm. And so I, I definitely see him getting nominated because I, I think he's a, a fucking star and I think the nominators he's, do. No, he's, I, I think the nominators think that as well. He's exceptional. Uh, st- I also haven't seen Beetlejuice yet. It'll come down to how much they like it. Uh, Santino, for me, is the... also. So if we're talking about like wins right now, if I could put money down right now, I will say I think that book, score, and actor are all locked up this season. I think that Hadestown has score locked and loaded. I agree. I think Tootsie has book and actor locked and loaded. Um, has Santino won before? He has he ha- not. No. And Santino... Okay, it's, that makes... Yeah, yeah this all perfect makes Perfect situation. Now. He's a Broadway darling. He's been around for a <laughs> decade. Darling. Well over a decade. He's been nominated once before. Uh, hasn't been nominated for a lot of stuff that he should have been. Uh, he's only been nominated once? For Cinderella, of all things. Oh, no. I know. I've like... Not even the act? Not... No. Act one, you mean. 
Yeah, whatever yeah. that's. The, the rink. What, what was it? What the rink? Doing? Yeah. What? No. Yeah. Bunny and Clyde. No, that wasn't him. <laughs> <Just> the, <laughs> gotcha. the rink is a Cheetah Rivera Liza Minnelli musical from the 80s. And yeah, the, and, the act, yeah, and the act is a Liza Minnelli 70s musical, which Santino will do yeah, a revival of, um, as Dorothy Michaels. No, uh, Act One. He should have been nominated for that. And he also should have been nominated for um, uh, Importance of Being Earnest. Like he just, oh my God, he wasn't nominated. I loved him in Importance of Being Earnest. He's been in so much and he's so amazing. Uh, he, so he will be nominated. He will win because he's a he's great. It's also a monster of a role that he's doing effortlessly, and he's just like been around forever. So it's his time. Um, so he will win. I will put money on it. I will put money on Tootsie because it's, in my opinion, the strongest book of the year, and it's the weakest th- uh, point of Hades Town. Mm. So even if Hades Town gets a lot of love, I think they will lose book. I think the prom is good competition for Tootsie in terms of book. Yeah, but. I will say Tootsie for me was stronger in Acts 2 than the prom was. Uh, and I and every, we talked about the prom. I really enjoyed yeah. it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah um, I loved it. Uh, but I think the prom has better chances in other categories, which we'll get to. Yes. Um, but yeah, Santino, I think, is a lock. Damon from Oklahoma, I would oh, say, yeah, yeah, is a lock. Oh, yeah, without yeah. a doubt, lock. Um, yeah. And then, who do I also have? P.S. I wanted to talk about him. Real yes. quick side note. Yeah. Because um, you said that your grandma hated him. Well, uh, one of my grandmothers one hated of your, him. One of your grandmothers hated him. I loved him. I, I loved, him. loved him. I loved him. I, th- I loved how kind of feminine he was yeah. while being still masculine. Sorry. Yeah. I just wanted to say it that. It was like because... very indie Brooklyn sexy boy. Yeah. Um, which I but totally like, But dug. like awkward at the same time. So I loved yeah. it. Okay. Sorry. I just had to um, say that. Yeah. He's definitely a lock. Yes. I say they're both locks. Uh... Brooks Ashmanskis, I would say, is a lock for the prom. I think but the, that supports. Uh, no, he's leading. He's you he's, think so? he's put in, he's put in, he well he's been put into leading. That's where they deemed him. Oh. Um, and yeah, I, he'll get a nomination. I think he'll definitely be in leading. Sure. Um, the other two are kind of up for grabs. I originally had Will Chase for Kiss Me Kate and possibly Derek Baskin for Ain't Too Proud, but oh. there could be a world in which Will Chase gets swapped out for Alex Brightman if the Tony Committee likes him enough. And um, Reeve Carney's gotten nominated a couple times. He got nominated for the Outer Critics Circle, I know, but not for the Drama Desk. Oh, he didn't get nominated for the Drama Desk. And I think in terms of nominations where Hades Town is at its most vulnerable is Reeve Carney and Ava Noblezada, and not because they're not good. I think they both are very good. But compared to the other parts in that show, Amber Gray, Patrick Page, Andre DeShields, who are like, big, 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 they do kind of get... Uh, lost sure. in the running. In the there. wilderness. Yes, yeah. lost in the wilderness. So I think Reef Carney has a chance. Okay. Um, but I think uh, outside of those three locks, I, th- I would say... So we have Alex Brightman, Reef Carney, Derek Baskin, and Will Chase. They're like the, who gets in there? Yeah. Um, sorry, Andy Carl, but no pretty woman for you. Uh, that was this. That's not this. That season. is this season. Bitch. No, it's not. It is this season. Pretty Woman is this season. No, it's been running for ten years somehow. It just feels like it, and yet you and I still haven't seen no. it. No, Pretty Woman will not let me win the lottery, guys, and I don't even want to see it that badly. So I get mad at them for being so standoffish to me. Wow, that was. Uh, I, I didn't expect such a twist. Um, twi- biggest twist of the night. I don't think they're going to get nominated twist for this. Biggest twist of no. Biggest twist of this podcast. The Pretty Woman was still this season. <laughs> was this season? Um, As was Head Over Heels. Well, yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> I, I, and I think I think Head Over Heels. Shade. If Head Over Heels was still running, I think it would get more nominations. Yes. I just think because it's not running, it. It's going to be very difficult for them. I think yeah. they have a chance at like three. They, they're definitely going to get best supporting with Bonnie Milligan. You you think? Yeah. 
Okay. I would love it if she did. I'm not I'm not putting down money on it though because that's actually becoming a very crowded category. It is becoming a crowded category. And because her show is closed, it'll be very tricky. Yeah. I think she has a chance. I do think she has a chance. Um let's actually get to her, that category for a second since we're there. Easy yeah, yeah, transition. Yeah, yeah. Featured actress. Um I think there are uh three locks there. I think Amber, Amber Gray, Gray for Hades Town. Um Ali Stroker for Oklahoma. Who was out when I saw Oklahoma I know, I know. and Mary Testa called out during intermission, so I forgot yeah. to mention those two things. So I saw kind of a different show, um, but I want to I want to go back and see Ali. I heard yeah. she's amazing. She was she, she was great, and she's also the most traditional musical theater performance in that show. Mm. So even nominators and voters who are divided on it can acknowledge that she is oh, yeah. great. Um, so I think they're locks, and I would say Sarah Styles for Tootsie is a lock. Yeah, I've heard she's stunned, and she I, is, I'm such a big fan of hers. Yeah, as am I. She's Has got a, she been nominated before? Yes, for Hand to God. That was it. I um, knew she... Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that category, I also will say right now, is a bit of a toss-up just in terms of who will win, because it's actually... It is so stacked mm. in terms of potential nominees uh, that like it could go to anyone. The other possibilities, and this is where it gets tricky, I don't know how the... The committee will rule Lily Cooper, whether she'll be put into leading or featured. Mm. Um, and she is so lovely in Tootsie, but it is similar to Ava Noblezada in Hades Town in the sense that her part is so grounded and everyone else is so wacky. Mm. You could get lost in the shuffle with all of that. Yeah. Um, so I will venture to say if she is deemed featured, I think she'll, I don't think she'll make it. Leading, we'll talk about. Um, alive. She won't make it out she alive. She won't make it out alive. Um, Poor Lily. She's I think my stashed. final two, I'm going to say... So we said Ali Stroker, Amber Gray, and Sarah Styles. Yes. Final two. I'm going to say Mary Testa and oh. Twist Leslie Kritzer uh, for Beatles. Oh, if and they, I can see that too. If they nominate Alex Bremen, I don't see a world where they don't nominate Leslie Kritzer, who's been around for a while as well and has yet to be nominated at all. She's yet to be all. nominated, yeah. yeah and she, she is a star. And I think that is where... Bonnie will have her toughest competition. I forgot about Mary Testa. I mean, it's hard for me to make that judge because I didn't I didn't see her full performance. Sure. And in the first act that she did perform, you could tell that she was sick. She had yeah. like a coughing fit during one of the scenes. And like, Aww, it was really Mary. sad. Um, and she's also really good in the basket auction. Well, which... and, that, and that's what everyone said. Everyone said, oh my gosh, Mary Testa in that basket auction. And believe me, the understudy, that, the, both the understudies that we saw, but especially Mary Testa's understudy was amazing she mm-hmm. was I, i'm never one to knock understudies and, and both these women were oh, fantastic I uh, knock all i know of them. you are but um but but I, I i do i'm quite sad that i missed mary testa's um auction scene because i've heard it's i've heard it's amazing so yeah I, I actually i think i think mary testa getting nominated plus also i mean just look at who she is she's mary fucking testa it, it's it, yeah it, it's just one of those actresses where you go yeah okay of course yeah that, that, i should have thought of that yes i see that i i still i still have strong feelings about bonnie i think mm-hmm. i think bonnie's i think yeah i think i think she definitely could yeah. be she's definitely getting a theater world she, award she, i'll tell you that yeah, and she's she's definitely in the mix there. Um, what else do we have? We done? We, we haven't we done get, lead actress yet in a musical. We haven't done supporting actor either. No, right? uh, we can get to that too. Do you want to do that or actress first? Let's do that first because okay. then we'll end with actress. Kind of because like that's all we sure. ever care about for the Tonys too it's is true. gay men. That's all we're. Wa- that's why they put it towards the end. They know yeah. that's what we're watching. It's for. why it's right before best musical. Exactly. Um, so featured actor in a musical. Uh, Honestly, this one is kind of a grab bag for me. Yeah. Um, the fir- the only 
100% like absolutely lock for me is Patrick, Patrick Vale. Or oh, Patrick, oh, Patrick Vale, vale. Oh, in yeah. Oklahoma. Uh, Patrick Page, I think, okay. So Patrick Vale for Oklahoma, I think is 100% a lock. I would even possibly even give him my vote. I uh, actually really, I loved his performance. I did it. too. Um, I think Andre DeShields in Hadestown is very, very likely. Mm. Uh, he's been nominated for everything. Also, full disclosure, everyone, John and I talked about this earlier. Full di- uh, sorry, disclaimer. Uh, the Drama Desk Awards and the Outer Critics Circle Awards are not precursors to the Tonys. They are different voting pools and nominating pools. Uh, there's zero overlap. But they do make good momentum builders for shows. Yes. Um, but if someone you love did not get a Drama Desk nomination, <clears throat> Kelly O'Hara and Kiss Me Kate, they still have every chance of getting nominated for the Tony. Actually, very famously, Kelly O'Hara was not nominated for the Drama Desk for King and I, and then went on to win the Tony. Um, and then Laura Benanti won the Drama Desk and Out of Critics Circle Award for Women on the Verge and lost the Tony. So, like, right. like these things happen. There's no rhyme or reason. Stop no. trying to, like, look. It's not like the Golden Globes or, the, or, or, more importantly, it's not like the SAG Awards or the Writers Guild where, like, those voters are also part of the Oscars. Right. Um, anywho, featured actor Patrick Vale, Andre DeShields, I'm going to say Patrick Page as well. Yeah. Um, again, member of the community forever. Never nominated. He's great in Town. He's never been nominated. Never nominated. <gasps> uh, he should have been nominated for Spider-Man because that show was such shit and he was so good. Yeah, that's what um, I've heard. It's kind it's of like how I felt about Hart on a DeBose in summer. I'm like, how dare you give such a wonderfully grounded <laughs> three-dimensional performance in this show? <laughs> Fuck you, Ariana DeBose. That's why she's playing Anita in the West Side Story movie. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I don't think that's why. I'm just saying she's no, that's she's very talented. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, and then, okay, this is tricky. I think at least one actor, at least one from Tootsie will get nominated. There are three supporting actors in Tootsie who could get nominated, and any of them have a chance, if not two of them. One is John Bellman, who plays... I'm not sure if I know who that is. So, did you see Significant Other? I did. He's the guy that Gideon Glick fantasizes over all the time in the first act, who like works in his office. Oh, so he plays. I the, loved him in that. Yeah, he's I mean, he's been a character actor forever, and he also is stunningly beautiful. Yeah, he's very pretty. Um, and him. there's a running joke in the show that he's always taking off his shirt because his character is a reality star mm-hmm. from this TV show called Race to Bachelor Island. Sure. Um, and We've he's leading there. this musical, and every time he, he's in doubt in a scene, he just takes off his shirt because he's yeah. told that's what the audience wants. Um, and he's just so hysterically funny, but he also, it's such an interesting performance in terms of being funny. It, so I i think he's very likely to get nominated. Mm. Um, I think Red, R- Reg Rogers, who plays the misogynistic director, is fantastic in Tootsie. He could get nominated. He's also been around forever. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I'm familiar more with him, yeah. Yeah, and then the actor who plays Santino Fontana's roommate is also really good and could get nominated. I don't who think is he, it? I don't. I can't remember his name. There's a lot of consonants in the second name, mm. uh, but he's really good. Very deadpan, dry, mm. and gets a lot of great lines. Um, he has a, one of my favorite lines in the show. So Sarah Styles plays uh, the female friend of the of him and Santina Fontana and the Santina Fontana's ex, and she's Sandy and she's an actress and she's Sandy. Th- Sandy. She's very manic too. Like her big number is just this. It's, I don't want to say model behavior from Women on the Verge, but it's a patter song where yeah. she's just talking about like all the things that go wrong. It's called what what's going to happen. And uh, at some point in Act One, Santina Fontana says to him, "Like, do you think Sandy will take it personally that I got the role that she auditioned for?" And his roommate goes, "Sandy, the woman who faked choking on food so that someone would hold her." <laughs> wow, 
How did it feel to be that scene in a musical, Matt? No, I felt most scene when she comes in and she goes, my, Sandy comes in at one point, she goes, my life is such a mess. My face uh, identification on my phone won't work unless I'm crying. Oh. <laughs> and that's when I felt so I enjoyed that line. Yeah. I there also, so I many also great, relate to that yeah. line. There are so many great lines in Tootsie. It's so fucking funny. Uh, so, Okay. Gun to my head. I'm okay. going to be be bold and beautiful. I'm going to say Patrick Vale for Oklahoma. Okay. Patrick Page and Andre DeShields for Hades Town. Yes. I'm going to say John Bellman for Tootsie. And I'm going to say... Um, I want to say George Salazar for Be More Chill. But I'm going to go on a limb and say one of the guys from The Temptations musical. I actually was kind of going to say the same thing, although I actually do think that George Salazar will get nominated. I would be, I would be quite surprised if he gets nominated. I think that's going to be at Patrick Page's disposal. Okay, I do. Interesting. Um, when you see Tootsie, let me know what you think. It's just those performances. Those three performances are all really great in very different kinds of ways, um, and I, I think Tootsie and Hades Town are both going to have the benefit of getting a bit of a sweep in terms of nominations. Sure. Um, so that's that's where I'm at. Uh, so George Salazar, I do think, has a good shot of getting in there. It's just like, where? Yeah. It also can expand to six. It happened last year for lead actress in a musical. Yeah, it did. You're um, five. Go. For lead actress? No, feed at, featured actor. No, I, I thought the same. I, I don't. I haven't seen as many musicals as you have, so I'm just there with... I, Great. I, actually, all the ones you mentioned, other than Oklahoma, I haven't seen those musicals. So yes, there we are. and... Yes, and. I still haven't seen Be More Chill. I'm seeing it next Wednesday. The I matinee, see, I, I haven't checked. seen it either. Oh, good. <laughs> I checked this time. Um, Jesus Christ. Okay. It's like you've never seen a show before. Right. Lead um, actress in a musical. Let's do lead it. Lead actress in a musical. Okay. Lock-ins. Beth Lovell. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Stephanie J. Block. We talked about this. We Stephanie did. J. Block. Stephanie J. Block, Block for the share show. Um, then after that, Kelly O'Hara and Rebecca Nomi Jones, I think are very, very strong likely. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And then we got our fifth one. I don't know. I, I don't know. I really would love to see my dear friend Caitlin Kinnanen up there because she mm-hmm. gives a lovely performance in there and at, in the prom. But it's, it's kind of what you were talking about a little bit earlier with like Lily Cooper. Mm-hmm. It's it's so hard to say when, when there's someone like Beth in a show and then mm-hmm. there's someone like Caitlin in a show and it's in the same category. It's like, what... Yeah. Who knows which way. And so you think that Sarah Stiles is, would be lead actress, right? Or do no, we Lily say Co- her? I said Lily Cooper. Lily Cooper. I'm not sure yet. Uh, when you see the show, I think Lily Cooper very much comes off as like as leading as actress. Lead actress. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, she doesn't show up till about halfway through Act One. Uh, I mean, that's ideal. Yeah. For an right? I mean, like, I mean, Phantom and Phantom of the Opera doesn't show up until like 20 minutes in. Uh, and has very little stage time, but it's all about the storyline and the trajectory right. and the impact they make. Right, everyone's like, "Ooh, um, those phantoms so sexy." Yeah, Ooh, the phantoms so big. You yeah, know, like, actually, yeah, no, you're right. Caitlin, Lily, Cooper, and uh, Ava Noblezada all suffer from being the grounded heart right, of a the, show. Yes, where exactly. there are all these big personalities, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, no, it's it's such an important. But it's like Emma Stone and The Help. I always use this as an example. Emma Stone and The Help. You do is, use this yeah, as an example. I do a lot. But it's a good one. She's the glue of that movie, but that doesn't make her the most memorable character. No. Um, and it's not. And Emma Stone is great in that movie. And, you know, if she were nominated for her work in that, I wouldn't be mad because she does exactly what she's supposed to do really yes. well. Um, but, like, when you have Octavia Spencer and Viola Davis and even Bryce Dallas Howard, like, mm-hmm. pounding down the walls. Eating shit pies. Exactly. Like, what you do. Yeah. Um, 
I think of those three, Caitlyn has the best chance. Mm, um, I do too. She's I got so. the most stage time of the three. She's got the uh, most clearly defined arc of the three. Yeah. Um, and she's like, she's just so endearing and lovely in that show. She is. Um, I'm trying to think. I think Sophia and Caruso is potentially a leading actress nominee. I would I, I would agree with that. And also, I've actually never seen her uh, work in anything, but I know that everyone flicks the bean over her. Yeah. And I see I see why. I mean, what? She's like 13, 14, 15. She's a baby. Yeah, no, she's but, a teenager. But I, I've heard that the work that she does is just yeah. She's, dumb. I mean, I haven't seen Beetlejuice, but she was the only thing about Lazarus that I liked. Yeah. Um, And she was like actually 13 in that show. And I said, how dare you? Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's one of those aliens yeah. where... I mean, unless they like really want to throw Pretty Woman a bone and give a nomination to Samantha Barks. Otherwise, like, I, I'm going to I'm gonna make a bold decision. I'm going to say it's Caitlin. I think our former Broadway Breakdown so. guest, Caitlin Kinnanen, will be a Tony nominee for Tuesday. I, I would be... I honestly am so still shocked that Pretty Woman was this season. Right? <laughs> This will be a very interesting Monday episode. I look forward to hearing it on Tuesday when the nominees come out. Yeah, I, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be exciting. Um, I actually. <laughs> I oh I didn't, I didn't even think to mention this, but this is kind of funny. Um, the Stage Network contacted me a couple of weeks ago and was like, "Hey, we just want to let you know that we've been trying to get you on the Tony Award red carpet," and I was like. <laughs> okay cool and then they go but we don't think it's gonna happen and I was like okay cool and then they gave me the best reason and I want this printed on my tombstone great they said we don't think it's gonna happen because uh, we think Anna Wintour uh, is gonna say no to you <laughs> and I was like oh my god this is the best thing that's ever happened because apparently after I didn't know this but apparently she runs the Tony Red carpet now yeah I didn't know and so hearing that Anna Wintour has already either said no or is going to say no to me. I I feel complete. Yeah. Well, I love that the Stage Network literally looked at you and said, do we think someone like Anna Wintour would say yes to you? No. And so, I think that's a very... I think that speaks highly of them and their good judgment. Yeah. They've got great judgment. You know who she would say yes to? The dress? No, she would say yes to me. At least in this current state that I'm in. You are very skinny. I am very skinny. You're very skinny. Uh, I'll stop eating carbs and I'll get even skinnier. No. No. Um, great. So thanks for listening, everybody, to our totally semi-informed uh, opinions. Yeah, we actually talked about things today. Yeah. K- kudos, us. <laughs> I made myself pregnant. Uh, yeah. So we'll see how we do. I think I might like... Just for shits and giggles, for my my ten Instagram followers, the night before I'll post on my story all of my predictions, yeah, just to see, it. just to see. Um, and I'm mostly informed on sound design for a play, so I think that's that'll be the one that I can give most insight into. Uh, yeah, you dumb dumb. I'm such a dumb dumb. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, who well, should we pick to to sing us out? Well, uh, last time we said we would uh, wait for Caitlin. And I think in honor oh, yeah. of, her, uh, of her show, yes, we should we should have her sing us out. Caitlin, sing us out. This is also us putting out the energy that you're going to get a Tony nomination. So congrats, girl. Yeah. Can't wait. And this is exactly the voice I'm going to have when you get nominated. I'll say, oh my God, congrats. <laughs> Great. Uh, okay. this, is, this has been Broadway Breakdown. This is Caitlin Kinnanen. Uh, go see Tootsie, go see Oklahoma, don't see Michael Jackson. Don't. Um, 
And if Caitlin gets a nomination, uh, please tell her that it's because of us. Yeah. Do, do not give her any credit. Yeah. Uh, we do apologize, Ava Noblezada, for... Or is it Eva? I don't care. Ava Noblezada for uh, taking out the energy of your Tony nomination. Yeah. Should that happen. Uh, but, sorry, Caitlin comes first. Always. Always. All right. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much, Caitlin. Bye. That thing called oxygen Just breathe, Emma Look at the crazy state you're in Just smile and nod Although they're jerks Say namaste and pray it works And like we've discussed Just Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.